Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're delighted that you've joined us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your hearts and minds as we enter God's Word. Well, Happy New Year. Take your Bibles, turn to 2 Kings chapter 13. 2 Kings chapter 13, that is right after 1 Kings, if you're trying to find it in your Bible. Thank you, sir. Well, have you ever had something that should not have worked out, but that just did work out, and afterwards you look back and thought, well, that just had to be a God thing, uh, because there's no way this could have all come together the way that it did. I remember several years ago, I mean several years ago, 20 years ago or so, before A lot of you were born that's in the room right now. This was pre-looking at your Google Maps days, okay? So you had to find something either on a map or ask directions or something like that. Well, I was pastoring in Owensboro, and uh, there was a funeral out in the country in Ohio County, out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, uh, I wasn't doing the funeral, thankfully, uh, but somebody in our church, uh, uh, one of their parents had passed away, and I was just going to attend the funeral and let them know I was thinking about them. So I got out there in the middle of Ohio County, and I could not find this place. And I'm passing every kind of church in the world. You know, there's, there's, uh, there's, uh, you know, Big Creek Baptist and Little Creek Methodist, and, and then there was No Creek Presbyterian, honestly. No Creek Presbyterian as we went through there. So I knew I'd run out of creeks, but I couldn't find the church I was looking for at all. And then the time came for the funeral to start. I'm still looking around. And then it's like 15, 20 minutes after the funeral should have started. I finally go down this old back road, and I see this white board building. I look up. That's the church. I pull in. It's about 45 minutes after the church uh, service should have started. I thought, okay, this is awful. I'm just going to try to slip in the back and, and uh, maybe catch a second of it. I get out of my car, start to walk in. The doors open, and everybody starts walking out. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, this is humiliating. And then the lady whose who's, uh, mom had passed away looks at me and goes, Brother Chip, thank you so much for being here today. You don't know what this means to me. And she goes up and hugs me and thanks me. And then her husband says, this is really special, you coming all the way out here for this. Thank you. And they go to their car. They leave. I'm standing in the parking lot, and I think, all right. You know, good enough. You know, didn't. Didn't have to sit through a funeral. You know, uh, they still appreciated me being there, all all this kind of stuff. And uh, so then I had to try to find my way back to Owensboro, which was another challenge. But it seemed to all work out. And I'm in the car thinking, okay, that had to be a God thing because there's no way that would have worked out without him. Well, we're going to look at what we're calling today the State of the Church Address, and it's from 2 Kings chapter 13. And we're going to see that's kind of what 2018 was like. Uh, A year that had a lot of different challenges, a lot of different things going on, but somehow through the grace of God, things not only worked out, they came out much better than we could have ever started. So look over to 2 Kings chapter 13. And the first thing we see is this. There were great challenges in the past year, and there are going to be great challenges for you in 2019. Had challenges in the past, you're going to have challenges in the future. Now, the background for our scripture is really important if you're going to understand what's going on at all. And it'll take me just a second to explain it so I can confuse everybody a lot, okay? Uh, Ahab was a very wicked king. Uh, God's judgment came upon him and his children who followed him as king. And he said, I'm I'm going to do away with uh, with your ruling over Israel. 
And so Elisha the prophet went to Jehu, who was one of the generals, and said, God's anointing you to be the new king of Israel. So he overthrew Ahab and his dynasty. Uh, Jehu became the new king. Now, during this time, Syria or Aram uh, is, the, is the regional power. And they're really pressing down hard on Israel, Syria is. So Jehu dies, his son Jehoahaz becomes king, and there's a lot of pressure from the Syrians when Jehoahaz becomes king. And so that's the first thing we see as we look in. There were great challenges in the past. There'll be great challenges in the future. Look at chapter 13, verse 1. Now in the 23rd year of Joash, the son of Ahaziah, king of Judah, Jehoahaz, the son of Jehu, became king of Israel in Samaria. He reigned 17 years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord by following the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who should call Israel to commit, and he, did, and he did not turn away from them. So the Lord's anger burned against Israel, and for a long time he kept them under the power of Haziel, the king of Aram, and Benadad, his son. So God's very angry with Jehoahaz. Uh, he has not followed the Lord, even though God put his family on the throne. He's still worshiping idols. He's still doing the evil things that Ahab and his family had done. And so we're told that the Syrians hard-press Israel. Uh, some of your translations may say Aram, same place, Syria, Aram. But the Syrians, they come upon Israel. They conquer a lot of the outlying cities. People have to flee to Jerusalem and leave their homes. The army is decimated in fighting the Syrians. It's a very hard time. There are a lot of challenges, a lot of bad things that are happening. Just as we look at what was going on in Israel in that day and age, you can look back at 2018, and you know that not everything was perfect. There were challenges in the lives of every single person that was here. Uh, you had good things happen, but you had some bad things happen. And unfortunately, that's what 2019 is going to be like, too. There will be some times of great joy, of great victory, but there's also going to be some real challenges that are going to come upon you in the new year. Uh, they're not just going to suddenly end and not take place. There will be challenges in 2019, just as there were in 2018. And the same is true for us as a church. We had a lot of very significant challenges in 2018. Some of our challenges were financial when we went into 2018. Uh, we were in the middle of our impact campaign. Uh, we, we, were, we had a, a, a debt for the first time in, in probably 15 years in the history of our church. We were trying to, to uh, get the debt financed. Uh, we were having some cost overruns with, with projects. There was just a lot going on. And financially, with the impact, there were a lot of challenges that were going on as we looked into the future. There were challenges just with our general church budget when it came to be uh, because we had a 6% budget increase this year, which might not sound a lot to you, but I'm a very conservative person. And in the middle of a capital campaign, I thought, I don't know if that's wise to have a 6% budget increase, but we, we, we thought, you know, okay, we're going to go ahead and do it anyway. So that was a challenge that was there. We had a challenge of getting all the projects done. We had so many projects going on at one time. You know, the sanctuary, the preschool, the, uh, the, the parking lot, the elevator, so many things happening all at one time. And there's just a challenge trying to get all of that stuff done and get everything wrapped up. We had ministry challenges. Uh, our Windshape Camp was going so well. And one of the things they told us about Windshape Camp is if you're doing Windshape at a high level, it's almost impossible to do another major camp. We were doing three children's camps, and so we decided we were going to take Vacation Bible School out into the community, but whether or not that would work or be a success or anything else, we were wondering, how's that going to happen? What's going to happen with that? 
We had questions about security. Uh, there had been a couple of, of uh, incidents at churches and church shootings, and people were saying, what are we going to do for security? What are we going to do to make sure that when people come into this building uh, that, that they are secure when they come in and uh, into the building? And we had the challenges of moving from a mid-sized church into a large church. We've become a large church over the last year or two, even more so in this past year. But there are challenges with that. You can't operate the way you did before when you're going into becoming a large church. Everything is different. All the, the systems and the dynamics are different. And to meet those challenges uh, were not easy. So there were challenges in the past, and there are going to be challenges in the future. So just know right now. You may have all of your New Year's resolutions. You may, you may feel like, you know, everything's great as I start the new year. You will have challenges in 2019. They will come. But that brings us to the next thing that we see in our scripture passage. That's this. God brought us through the challenges of 2018, and he's going to bring you through the challenges of 2019. God brought us through those challenges last year. He will bring you through them this year. That's the thing you have to realize. God is faithful. And just as he was with you last year and in all of the challenges you had, he's going to be with you this year. And there's not one thing you're going to encounter, one challenge that will come upon you, that God will not be with you to walk with you every single step of the way. So we ended verse 3 by saying the Syrians were, were hammering down upon Israel, that, that they were fleeing their homes, that their army had been decimated. And then we pick up in verse 4. Then Jehoahaz sought the Lord's favor, and the Lord listened to him, for he saw how severely the king of Aram was oppressing Israel. The Lord provided a deliverer of Israel, and they escaped from the power of Aram. And so the Israelites lived in their own homes just as they had done before. And so now Jehoahaz, he's always liked the Lord God. He believes, as his father did, that the God of Israel had put him and his family on the throne. They just didn't live that way. Uh, he still worshipped idols. He still did things that, that God considered really bad. And yet he still had this respect for God. And so when everything falls apart in his life, when the Syrians are about to conquer Jerusalem, he finally says, maybe I need to turn to this God that I've respected but have never really served. And so he goes to God and begs forgiveness and asks for God's help. And then it's interesting to see what happens. We're told the Lord listened to him in verse 4. You need to know as you go into this year, I don't care if you've lived a terrible life or a great life. You may have said, man, I've done some bad things. I've caused my own problems. You still need to know if you sincerely come back to God, he will hear you, he will forgive you, and he will begin the restoration process. And that's exactly what he does with Jehoahaz here. When Jehoahaz repents and comes back to God, we're told the Lord heard him. And then in verse 5, we're told they were able to live in their own homes again. That's just referring to the fact that they had been run out of their homes and had fled to Jerusalem. They were able to go back to the countryside, go back to their farms. The Syrians had been uh, run out of the country. God had met the challenges that were there because the people came back to him. As we look at 2019, Noah's challenges come upon you that God is going to be there with you and he will help you defeat those challenges if you are standing with him as you go through those challenges. As we look at 2018, God was faithful. 
In every single thing I talked about earlier, God was faithful. When it came to the, to the financial end of it, God was faithful over and over again. Our impact donations exceeded what we thought they were going to uh, this year. Uh, uh, unbelievable. We, we got a very good uh, loan that we don't even have to pay principal for the next, for the first, uh, all we have to do is pay principal for the first two years of the loan. Uh, we don't have to pay any interest. And so every penny that we put into it is directly going to, to principal. So just some great things were happening there. The church budget that I was afraid 6% was too big a jump. We ended up having the highest uh, offering in the history of our church, and we are 2% over budget at the end of year of the year. Almost unbelievable. We took in $100,000 more than we spent this past year. And that's in the middle of a major capital campaign. Not only that, all of the projects now are completed, and uh, they're having great results, uh, and, we, and we see the results that are coming with that. We are running the highest attendance in the history of this church, uh, and, and in December, we had two services that were over 1,000 people. Uh, we, we have now had to go, uh, we're looking at next year, we've got to do three Christmas Eve services. Four years ago, we were doing one Christmas Eve service, and we had to do an overflow room. We thought, okay, we're going to have to now do two Christmas Eve services. This year, we had to do another overflow room with two Christmas Eve services. We're going to have to go to a third Christmas Eve service next year. Things could not be going any better in all of those areas. We talked about what was happening with the Vacation Bible School, and was it okay to go out into the community? How would the church react? And we, see, we saw great results as we went out in the community, and people's lives were touched, and the community was touched. Great things happened because of that. We talked about security in the church. Our church is moving forward in security. You saw the police officer this morning. Uh, you know the old deacon security where they walked around with the key ring, you know, ready to, ready to take care of any problem that we had, you know, or, or something like that. Well, now we've got a police officer that, that is going to be on campus actually doing that uh, during those times. And uh, we had someone that has come, uh, Frank Jones, and in honor of his wife, Gloria, who passed away this year, is going to pay for the entire security system and put cameras throughout our building uh, so that we'll be able to have even enhanced security there. And so all of those things have begun to be answered, and we see what? That we had challenges, but God met every one of those challenges when you're faithful to him. And know that it's 2019. There will be challenges, but God is willing and able to meet every challenge. It brings us to the third thing that we see. God has even greater things planned than what you saw in 2018. God has better things planned for your life and for your church than you saw in 2018. Now, what's happened in our scripture passage is, okay, this Jehoahaz comes back to God. He has to be forgiven. Uh, everything uh, begins to fall back into place. The Syrians are run out. But God has even greater things planned. So Jehoahaz dies. His son Jehoash becomes king. Okay, uh, This is the grandson of Jehu. Jehoash is just like his father. He believes in the Lord, but he still worships idols and everything else. And now Elisha the prophet has gotten sick, and he's about to die. And so Jehoash is really upset because his grandfather and his father depended on Elisha whenever they got in trouble. And now Elisha's about to die. What's he going to do? He's a young king. And so he goes to Elisha uh, on his deathbed, and look at the conversation down chapter 13, beginning with verse 14. 
Now Elisha the prophet had been suffering from the illness from which he died. And Jehoash the king of Israel went down to see him and wept over him. My father, my father, he cried, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. Now that last phrase was just a reference to when Elisha's mentor Elijah died, the chariot came down out of heaven. And so he's saying this is your time to die as well. And Elisha said, get a bow and some arrows. And he did so. Take the bow in his hand, he said to the king of Israel. And when he had taken it, Elijah said, put your hands on the king's hands. Open the east window, he said, and he opened it. Shoot, Elisha said, and he shot. The Lord's arrow of victory uh, over Aram, Elisha declared, you will destroy the Arameans at Aphek. And so the first thing Elisha says, he's on his deathbed. Basically, Jehoash is saying this, what am I going to do? My granddad and my dad depended on you. You're about to die. And he said, well, get a bow and some arrows. And so the king gets a bow and some arrows. And he says, open the window. And he opens the window. And he says, get ready to shoot the arrow. And so he pulls an arrow back. And then Elisha puts his hand on the hand of Jehoash, saying, look, God's power is going to be with you just as he was with your grandfather and your father. And he says, shoot the arrow. And then he shoots the arrow. And the arrow goes out. An arrow can go anywhere from 150 to 200 miles per hour. And so this arrow shoots out of there into the distance. And as it does, this is what Elisha says to the king. That is a symbol of the Lord's presence with you. You will defeat the Syrians because of that. And so what he's saying is, okay, you've been able to run them out of your country, but they haven't been defeated. But what you need to know is your great enemy will be defeated in the time to come because God is going to be with you. As you look at 2019, there will be challenges, but know that God has greater things planned for you than you've even seen in 2018. The arrow of the Lord's victory is going to be with you if you are with him. It doesn't mean there won't be things that hurt you. It doesn't mean there won't be things that bring you to your knees. But it means he's going to walk with you and give you the hope and the victory over anything that happens in your life in 2019. God is going to be faithful. He has great things planned. He has the victory over your enemies planned ahead if you trust in him. And as we look at our church and we think about 2019, to know that God has even greater things planned for us is almost unbelievable to think about. Look at it this way. What if I told you this? Okay, I'm going to place you at one of the busiest intersections in the entire state of Kentucky. Westport Road and Hirschburn Lane is one of the busiest intersections. This is one of the 10 busiest intersections in the entire state of Kentucky. And I'm going to place you there, and I'm going to give you about nine acres of land on that as you go in there. Okay, this is all your property now. And then I'm going to give you about $10 million worth of buildings uh, to start with on that property. And I'm going to give you a budget of $1.8 million to work with with all of this facility you have. And then I'm going to give you 1,500 of some of the most uh, ingenious, talented people in the entire state of Kentucky. And that's what you start with. Now, see if you can do something with it. Do you think you could do something with that? Give you 1,500 people, $10 million worth of property, $2 million worth of budget, some of the most talented people in the world, see if you can do something with it. Well, that's where we stand as we look at 2019. What are we going to do with all that God has given us? Are we going to come to church and listen to a message and feel good and go home? 
or are we going to change the city of Louisville and the world? Because that's the challenge that is before us. Are we going to be happy with where we are, or are we going to take what God is giving us and move forward? And with that in mind, there are some goals that we have as we look at 2019. And one of the primary goals, the primary goal of 2019 is this. We want to reach the lost in the east end of Louisville and in all of Louisville, Kentucky. We want to reach people who do not know Jesus Christ and bring them to faith in Jesus Christ. This is a very good church. We are a very mission-minded church. As a matter of fact, out of 2,600 Southern Baptist churches in the state of Kentucky, our church was the 14th largest giver to missions in the state of Kentucky. That's incredible uh, because there's a lot more than 14 churches that are larger than us uh, in the state of Kentucky. So this is a mission-minded church. But we've never taken that mission-minded and gone into, okay, we're actually going to lead people in our neighborhoods and our families families, in our businesses, in our, in our schools, and actually lead them to Jesus Christ. We've never become an evangelical, an evangelistic church that reaches the lost in our own area. And that's something that has to change. For this church to go from a good church to a great church, we've got to reach out to people who don't know Christ and bring them into that saving relationship with him. And that's going to be something that everything we do is going to start rotating around in the the next year is to make sure that people are led to Christ. And we plan to be one of the top baptism churches in the state of Kentucky in the new year as we go into that and do that. Right now, people are excited about that because somebody just texted me. Isn't, Isn't that... Isn't that nice? So they're saying, way to go, Chip. You know, we're, we're going to do that. I'll read it later. I, I, I have to look up and get my face in there and everything for it to open up, so I don't know what it said. But anyway, so reach the lost. Number, another, second thing we're going to do is that we're going to make disciples in the new year. That we're not going to be content with people showing up on Sunday morning. That we want people to have a better relationship with God, a closer relationship with God, because life's about two things. It's about you and your relationship with God and getting closer to God, and it's about you and your relationship with other people. Everything else that we talk about is just filler. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. If those are the two main things, then that's what we're going to be centering on in the church. How can we get people who are the heart of this church family to love God more and be in a stronger relationship with God? And how can we give them to love and care for other people more? That's what we're going to be centering on in this new year and really trying to push that forward bringing people to Jesus Christ, and then making them disciples that love God better and love, them, and love others better. And we're going to be doing some more renovation projects. We're not through uh, with all the renovations that are there. Uh, anybody been into the new preschool area? It's nice, isn't it? It's really nice. Anybody been to the children's area? It's not nice. <laughs> it's a basement. And what's it look like? A basement. Well, that's something we need to change. You can't go from a state-of-the-art modern preschool to a basement, you know. So we're going to look at how do we renovate the children's cove and make it a modern facility that we want our children in. Uh, that's something we're going to be doing in the next year. We've got a new chapel that we've already voted on that, we're, that a lot of money has been given towards. We're going to have a new chapel as we look into the new year. Uh, there are just some basic renovations that need to be done. Uh, we're going to fix the windows on the back side of the property so they don't all fall out. You know, that, that might be a, a good thing to do. You know, we've renovated the sanctuary and the windows are falling out on the back of the building. So, you know, uh, there's constant things that need to be done. And so we're going to be a part of that and looking at that. We're going to reach the lost. 
We're going to disciple loving God and loving people, and we're going to make the necessary renovations that we need to make. God has great things planned for the future. Watch that arrow fly out and know that that's God's arrow of victory. And that brings the last thing that we see in our scripture passage. Our success in all of this, in our personal life and in our church, is contingent on our willingness to step out in faith with God. It's all contingent upon our willingness to step out in faith. It's not contingent upon you doing it. It's going to be a God thing in both your life and the church. It is contingent upon you having the faith to step out, though. Because if you don't have the faith to step out, then nothing can happen. So here's Jehoash. He's with Elisha. Uh, he's just shot the arrow. He said, that's the arrow of the Lord's victory. And then let's see what happens next. Uh, de- dead into verse 18. Then he said, take the arrows, and and he took the arrows, and Elisha told him, strike the ground. He struck it three times, and he stopped, and the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck the ground five or six times, then you would have defeated Aram and completely destroyed it, but now you will defeat them only three times. So we have this this, uh, interesting story that takes place afterwards with the beating of the arrows on the ground. And all of it is basically saying this. The more you put into it, the more God is going to give you in the year to come. And so I think there's two things we need to do. First, we need to repent of our sins and sincerely come back to God. Repent of our sins and sincerely come back to God. In your personal life, you can't expect God to be in your life and give you the things you want if you're not going to try to live the kind of life God wants you to live. If there are things in your life that that aren't pleasing to God, things that you're doing that you know are wrong, and you're not making any effort to do anything about that, you can't expect God to be with you every time something happens in your life because you're not with God. The closer the relationship, the more results you're going to see from the relationship. It doesn't mean like with Jehoaz, God doesn't show up and help you uh, when you cry uncle, when the world gets so bad. But what a difference it makes if God's with you every step of the way. Let's look back uh, a little bit to verse 6 of our scripture. Verse 6. This is back uh, to Jehoahaz again. It says, But Jehoahaz did not turn away from the sins of the house of Jeroboam, which he had caused Israel to commit, They continued in them, and also the Asherah pole remained standing in Samaria. Nothing had been left of the army of Jehoahaz except 50 horsemen, 10 chariots, 10,000 foot soldiers. For the king of Aram had destroyed the rest and made them like the dust at the threshing time. So Jehoahaz asked for God's help, pleaded with God to help him. God helped him, and he was delivered. But he still lived the same way after that. And so what were the results? The results were the Syrians were routed, but look at what he had left, almost nothing. They had destroyed homes, they had a decimated army, and so even though the Syrians were defeated, they didn't have a lot there. As long as you try to live a life without repenting and living the way God wants you to do, that's what's going to happen. You will come to God when you're in trouble, God may bail you out of that trouble, but your life as a whole is not going to get any better. It is contingent upon you saying, Lord, I'm sincere. I want a relationship with you. I'm going to stop the things that I'm doing, or at least I'm going to challenge them and begin to bring them to you. So that's the first thing that we see. If we're going to move forward as a church, if you're going to move forward in your life in 2019, it starts with your relationship with God. Where are you with God right now? 
What, how are you living? What are the things you need to stop doing that you're doing? What do you need to be giving to God that you're not giving to God? Are you attending worship? Are you reading your Bible and praying? Are you trying to live a life that shows you should be, that you are a Christian each and every day? Are you trying to help other people and care for other people? What's your life look like? What do you need to be giving to God? Because if all you're doing is going to God when you have problems, you're going to end up like Jehovah has, and you may be bailed out of your problem, but your life as a whole isn't going to be any different. So it's dependent upon us coming back to God. And then the second thing, it depends on our passion and what we put into it. Our passion and what we put into it. Back to verses 18 through 20. What Jehoahash is told by by Elisha is, okay, now grab the rest of the arrows. Beat them on the ground. Now, the king is a little embarrassed. You know, I'm the king of Israel. And so he beats the arrows three times on the ground. And we're told Elisha gets angry. And he said, why did you just beat them three times? You should have beat them five or six times or even more because now you're only going to defeat the Syrians three times. Now, if you were the, the king of Israel and you just shot an arrow and he was told that's the sign of the, arrow, of the Lord's victory, now beat the arrows on the ground, would you have just went, <sighs> okay? Or would you say, well, this must be a victory too and really beat the arrows. Well, the king just beats them three times half-heartedly. And what he's told is, okay, then that's what you're going to get back. You did it half-heartedly then God's going to be with you half-heartedly as you go into the, in, into the future battles. You're only going to win two or three times instead of over and over again because you get out of something what you put into it. As you look at 2019, you're going to get out of this year what you put into it. If you seek God, if you serve him with passion, if you say, I will no longer be content with showing up on Sunday morning. I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve in the church. I'm going to live a different life out in the community. I'm going to be the kind of person that is helpful and caring and makes a difference in the world. When you do that, you'll see everything start to take place in your life. But if you do it half-heartedly, if you don't really care, if you don't really put anything into it, then what you're going to get back are half-hearted results. Don't just put a little into it. Give it your all, he says, and then there will be total victory in your life as you look at 2019. And the same is true for our church. As we look at 2019, we can look back and say, God did great things. Had nothing to do with us. God's doing great things in this church at this time. But if we want to see even greater things, it's contingent upon us. You can't look around and say, I want somebody else to step up and do it. You are the church. The church is made up of people. The church isn't a building. This whole building could go away and Westport Road Baptist Church would still exist and the church of God would still exist. You are the church. And so what you do and how you live and the amount of effort and passion you put into it says whether or not this church moves forward and this church is successful. So it all comes back to you and what you want to do about it. You can half-heartedly beat the arrows three times. Or you can hit them on the ground over and over again and see God do more and more and more. Do you really want to see lost people saved in the city of Louisville? Do you want to see people who are in danger of going to hell find heaven for all eternity? Do you really want people to feel like they have a family that loves and cares for them? Do you want to get closer to God and know more about God and feel God's power and presence in your life? Then it depends on what you put into it. God doesn't want you to do it all because you can't do it all, but he wants to see your heart and your effort. 
And he saw that in the king of Israel. All you're giving me is a half-hearted effort. And you're going to get half-hearted results. But when you come to me with passion and with sincerity, you're going to see great things over and over again. It doesn't mean there aren't any challenges. It means that God will be with you every single step of the way. The first Sunday I pastored at Westport Road Baptist Church 15 years ago uh, in May. And I remember uh, showing up. I was all excited. I'm the, I'm the new pastor at Westport Road Baptist Church. I mean, how exciting could that be? You know, you know. And I remember the, the, the praise team gets together and they pray. And there's a monitor back there where you can see what's going on out here. So when you're smacking people on the head and everything, I see it back there. Just, just so you all know that. So... It's like two minutes before we go out. We finished our prayer. I look up at the monitor. There's like seven people out there. And I think, oh, my goodness. You know, what, what's happening? There's nobody out there at all. You know, this is awful. You know, I guess they knew I was the new pastor or something like that. And they're all responding to that. And so I, I thought, okay, I don't care if there's just seven people out there. And so I told the praise team, look. There's nobody out there. You know, there's a few people. But I don't care if there's just one or two. We're going to give it all to the Lord today. And we're, we're going to really uh, do our, our best effort for whoever's here because we're here to praise the Lord. But we go out, and there's about double that point. There's like 14 people that have shown up at that point. And then I learned something about the first service. <laughs> nobody comes till 945. You know, it's not, not 930. By 9.45, the whole room was filled, you know, and I'm looking around. I said, man, God, how did you do that in 15 minutes? You know, you brought this same result. Well, the point I'm trying to make is this. As you go into 2019, there will be times you're looking out and you're thinking, man, this is bad. You know, I don't know what to do. You know, what's happening? And then say, well, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how I can meet these challenges I'm going to just do the best I can. And then you're going to see God start doing amazing things in your life. God has not finished with Westport Road Baptist Church. He's just beginning. The future is not just bright. It is whatever we want to make of it. A lot of churches can't say that. A lot of churches are just trying to survive. A lot of churches are just hoping they get to next Sunday. But we look at this church and what we say is this. The future of this church is only limited by what you put into it. God has given us an unbelievable base. Now what are we going to do with it? But the exact same thing is true of your life. Your life, no matter how you've lived it in the past, how bad it may be right now, no matter what you may be doing, your life is only limited by what you give to God. And the more you give to God, the more God is going to transform your life in 2019. Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you for loving us so much, for wanting so much for us. As we look into the new year, dear Lord, help us to know that if we truly come to you, that we're going to see great things happen in our life and in our church. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we come to this time of invitation. During this time, there's several things you can do. One is to just right where you're standing say, Lord, help me to live the life I should be in 2019. Help me get closer to you. Help this be a time where I sincerely try to live my best in 2019. I'm going to give myself to you. 
Pray for your church every day. This is your church. It's God's church. And as you come to it, say, Lord, help this church grow strong. Help me to be doing what I need to be doing in the church. So don't, don't wait for somebody to ask you to do something at church. Just find where you feel passionate and then step in and start to do that. You know, find, find those places. Say, okay, this is the year I'm going to step up in my life and with my church I'm going to be sincere about it. See what God does with that. You may be facing some challenges and hurts right now in your life. You can come and pray at the altar. We've got ministers that will pray with you as well and just turn that over to him. I'm starting in 2019 with a challenge, you can come and say, and I need God's help and presence right now. You can come and say, I want to join this church and be a part of what this church is doing uh, to, to reach lost people in this area, uh, to really love God and love other people. And you come and say, hey, I want to be a part of that, and you join this church. And boy, what a way to start 2019 to come down and say, I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want to follow him in baptism. There could be nothing to show you're sincere about going to this new year as coming to Christ and follow him in baptism. But this is your time and your opportunity. I want to introduce Austin and Elizabeth Carver. And I've been attending for a few months and uh, uh, coming on promise of a letter from the South Jefferson Baptist Church out on Dixie Highway, way out there, almost Valley Station, isn't it? Yeah. But uh, Jesus Christ is in your life, and he's in all of ours. And, and you've made a very good decision to, to serve our church. And uh, we, we, we believe that God leads you to churches, and, and uh, we feel, you feel like God's leading you here to serve at Westport Road Baptist Church. Is that right? Amen. Well, you all will be praying for them, will you not? Amen. Amen. Okay, good. Just stay right there, Mom. Hang on a minute. Uh, Pastor Chip and Dawn, come on down here, dear. Yeah, I just uh, wanted to say as, as Dawn's coming down, uh, I think probably most people know, but uh, for our 15th uh, year here at church, the church is giving us a mini sabbatical renewal time, and we're going to be gone the rest of the month of January. Uh, just a time of, of getting together and getting recharged so that we can get into the new year and uh, uh, with a lot more energy and, uh, and a lot more uh, uh, what? excitement. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> a lot more clarity of thought as we, as we go into that. And uh, so it's just going to be four weeks. Uh, we're going to be in uh, California where our kids are out there. Uh, we'll be staying at Fuller Seminary, an apartment they have out there, and, and uh, so that'll be the rest of the month of January, and uh, so uh, uh, we're looking forward to that time for us to renew and recharge and really come back uh, ready to serve the Lord and uh, looking forward to, to that time. And we want to we send both of you off on a, with a special prayer, and uh, so let's, let's do that right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this church the love that it shows and the way that you work through us. Father, I thank you for Pastor Chip and, and Dawn. I thank you for the way they serve, the way they love you, and the way they have led our church through this last 15 years. I pray that as they go away from us for a few months or a few weeks, that you would make this and give them a time of rest and reflection and renewal and recharge. I pray that you would give them a time of insight and learning and knowledge as they learn to better serve you here at Westport Road Baptist Church. I pray that you would walk with them every single day that he could and they could literally feel your presence as you walk with them. So, Father, just be with them in a special way because they're special people.
serving a special church. And so we leave you that this morning. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Keyword, MyWRBC. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening and join us next week for another message from God's Word.